0: taken from luke chapter 2 verses 29 to 38 the prophecy of simeon at that time there was a man in jerusalem named simeon he was righteous and devout and was eagerly waiting for the messiah to come and rescue israel the holy spirit was upon him and had revealed to him that he would not die until he had seen the lord's messiah That day, the Spirit led him to the temple. So when Mary and Joseph came to present the baby to the Lord as the law required, Simeon was there. He took the child in his arms and praised God, saying, Sovereign Lord, now let your servant die in peace. And as you have promised, I have seen your salvation which you have prepared for all people. He is a light to reveal God to the nations, and he is the glory of your people, Israel. Jesus' Jesus's parents were amazed at what was being said about him. Then Simeon blessed them, and he said to Mary, the baby's mother, This child is destined to cause many in Israel to fall and he will be a joy to many others. He has been sent as a sign from God, but many will oppose him. As a result, the deepest thoughts of many hearts will be revealed, and a sword will pierce your very soul.
1: Thank you, Jill. Let's just pray. Lord, 2,000 years ago, you came. You came to change people's hearts, to make the greatest plan of all time known. Today, Lord, you still call individuals, you call us to follow you, and you call us to share the good news. Help us today as we read, uh, consider these readings, as we hear your message. Help us to hear what you are calling to us and speaking to us this day. In Jesus' name, Amen. Uh, So over the last few sessions, Murray Bradshaw and myself with 7Up program for the kids uh, have been focusing on the nativity story. Uh, Last week, Murray did uh, the birth of Jesus, and we've also been looking at characters, and he looked at the character of Mary. Uh, The session before, uh, I'd been looking at uh, the characters, which we heard of in the reading today of Simeon and Anna. Um, And with that session, we had the kids looking at two points from the story of Simeon, the prophet, and then Anna, the prophetess, too. first point that uh, we wanted them to consider was um, learning about having to wait patiently for God's timing of things. And the second one was knowing God's voice and knowing that you've heard him correctly. So the children remembered that uh, we'd looked at the prophet Isaiah when we started the sessions of seven up this year, we looked at prophet Isaiah and that he had prophesied about the Savior being born, but not in his own time. Israel would have to wait 700 years for that to happen. One of the um, boys said to us at that point, they said, man, I find it hard to wait for four hours, let alone 700 years, um, for something to happen. So too for Simeon and Anna, time must have felt like it was dragging on. For both, It would be a journey of faith. And for different reasons. For Anna, she had um, lost her husband very early on in the marriage. Seven years in the marriage, she'd lost her husband. And then she'd been living alone uh, and, I guess, grief. Uh, All those times, all those years, she was 84 years old. It must have felt like time was dragging on for God to answer. And Simeon was certain that he had heard God's Spirit reveal the promise of him seeing the Messiah before he died. The scriptures state that the Spirit was upon Simeon, but this promise must have seemed too good to be true for some people. Where the people around Simeon, who knew he was a good man, knew that what he had heard, but thought, surely this can't be true. Simeon shouldn't be as bold as to consider that. However, when you are absolutely certain that you have heard from God, then even in days of doubt, there is a certainty of what you believe in. Maybe some of you have felt that too. There's something God has revealed to you and it might mean that you have to have waited a long time and you might still be waiting. But there's a certainty in the spirit that what God has told you is true. You have to realize that sometimes that certainty doesn't necessarily extend to others around you who haven't heard the promise God's given to you. I asked the children also how they could be more sure of knowing when they heard God's voice. Here's a couple of answers which I thought were fantastic. The various answers, all were fantastic. Here are two of them. First one, sometimes God will reveal himself or confirm what he has said through your parents. Well done, parents. Isn't that great? That's that's what I was saying about you guys. Um, And um, that's true. When we think about, in the Old Testament, the prophet Samuel. When he was a young boy, uh, he was dedicated to the Lord, so uh, his surrogate parent was the prophet Eli. And he didn't, Samuel did not know God's voice, and so when he was woken, Eli had to explain, this is God, who God is, and then he had to teach him how to respond to God. The second uh, answer, which I'll share with you from the kids, was that we get to know God's voice by reading the Bible. I've heard it said in the past that to teach a young cashier in a, uh, a bank to pick out counterfeit money, you get them to become familiar with God. The physically handling the real thing. The Bible is the voice of God, the real thing. Spoken through 66 books, given to 40 different people to record. The more we read, think, study, and talk about the Bible, the more we handle the Bible, God's Word, the more likely we are able to comprehend what God is saying directly to us through His Spirit. And it helps us to distinguish it from counterfeit messages, uh, just like the Berean Jews we're told of in the Bible um, knew to distinguish between different things. So that's what the 7-Up had been learning about uh, in regards to this story. Today I want to show you just a handful of other little points that you might like to reflect upon uh, if you go back and read uh, this passage later on today. So from the story of Simeon, God doesn't completely surprise us. He lets us in on some parts of his plan. specifically on promises, both to all of mankind as well as some very special personal ones he might reveal to you. But we must learn to listen to him and to listen to him carefully. The Bible reveals God's plan and his promises to mankind. The more you read the entire Bible, the more certain you can be come in realizing God's plan throughout history. The same too with God's Spirit the more you rely on God's spirit in our lives, working in us, the more he reveals a bit more of what God is saying to you personally. And Simeon mentioned that Jesus is a light to reveal to the nations, and not just 2,000 years ago, but also to the nations today. This isn't just a a nice metaphor. The only way of really knowing God the Father is by knowing the Son. Uh, Last week, Gerald shared about um, our comprehension, our understanding of who God is, Uh, and he had some details about what some people said. Uh, If he were to ask me, I think I'd go straight to looking at Jesus and describe what I know of Jesus to describe God the Father. The world will come up with lots of different ideas, suggestions and routes to get to know God. Some of these ideas will lead to a false understanding of who God is or will mislead us from the truth. Other ideas muddy your understanding of God or create barriers to understanding him more. Whereas Jesus builds a relationship with the one true God. The writer of Hebrews in chapter 2, he says this, So we must listen carefully to the truth we have heard, or we may drift away. Uh, Verse 33 in the reading today is about um, the response that uh, Mary and Joseph had. It says Jesus' parents were amazed at what was being said about him. Now, after all that had happened over the past nine months, visitations by angels, dreams, visions, strangers turning up to worship their son, they're still amazed at what Simeon has to say. Not because of unbelief, but because they hadn't quite comprehended uh, what it all added up to for yet, or the impact on the entire world. They couldn't understand it all, but they were obedient and they were joyous. We don't have to understand every little detail to be obedient to God. And if we can rejoice in the little we understand at the present time, imagine the joy we will have when we see Jesus face to face. Another point. Even the greatest news of all time would face opposition. In the first service, uh, one of the um, parishioners Mentioned they'd gone to the Christmas um, on the Bay uh, yesterday, and the uh, Presbyterian support were leading it. And the minister from Timaru uh, prayed at start, and I think he said mentioned Jesus four times. And uh, someone nearby, this person said, "I didn't come here to be preached to. I didn't come here to hear about Jesus." And even when um, the guy said, "This is why we're celebrating," there was still that uh, opposition. To the true story. Now, this was sad to hear and yet maybe not surprising. Even the greatest news of all time would face opposition. This good news would go to the deepest innermost element of each individual's heart. Challenges in life, learning to be patient and wait for God to respond, often is a time that reveals the condition of our hearts. At a time of pressure or a time of discipline from God, if there's a rebellion or unbelief in our hearts, then it also surface in those times. But so too will the fruit of the Spirit. If we put Jesus central in our lives and our hearts, then they will be revealed to others to see. And final point uh, from this passage about Anna. Now, Anna was a prophetess. She happened to be there when Simeon um, saw baby Jesus And she comes up and praises his name too. Uh, And as I mentioned, she uh, lost her husband seven years into the marriage. She was now 84 years old. And she rejoices. And we see how God can overcome grief, loneliness, bitterness, hurts received from others, even when that happens over a long period of time with no quick answer from God. God gives us a message that is quite different from the message we get from this world. Early in November, I was walking down a street in Timur, just a short street, but there were all these signs around me, I noticed. There was a no entry on the back door of a, a business. Just at the end of the street was a road sign, stop, it said. And over the past few years, society seems to have become inundated with such signs as do not enter, no admittance, restricted. The good news has a very different word repeated through its entirety. The word is "come." If you were to read the King James version of the Bible, then you'd find the word "come" turns up 1,817 times. Anyone read and counted them? I didn't. I saw that on Google. Uh, but there is um, 556 times in the New Testament, 1,261 in the Old Testament, 190 times Jesus is recorded in saying this word, come. And as you ponder on that word, you think of the different times, even when um, he tells the disciples, let the children come to me. And the Christmas message, the beginning of the gospel, demonstrates the contrast between the worldly signs and what God has to say. Even in Jesus' time, there's no room, no vacancy for Mary and Joseph when they go to Bethlehem. There's no room, sometimes it seems, for the good news of Jesus in many towns, nations, and the hearts of many people today. Just as was described yesterday, when we were meant to be celebrating Christmas. Yet God still says to each one of us, "Come." The Christmas carols that we sing ring out that same message. Uh, we've sung, "O come, all ye faithful." One of my favourite offering songs is, "O um, come." They told me, "Pom pom pom." all right, the drummer boy, Uh, and another song that we will sing later on, Joy to the World, the Lord Has Come. The invite is to us all. This invitation has always been open to everyone. We find this invite with the birth of Jesus and the call to various characters. And it even begins in the Gospel of Luke when the angel uh, visits Mary. He says, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. This Christmas season, are you tired and weary? Does a past year feel like a long, long journey with some of its events wearing you out? Or like with Mary and Joseph, has your life been interrupted by the unexpected? Are you fearful? Are you busy with work? Are you eagerly waiting, expecting Christ's return? Have you come today searching for the Savior to know him better? Jesus said to individuals who were searching him out, come, follow me. And he said, come to me, to those who had needs. His welcome is there still today. To make his welcome known, he asked the church, this church, and his people to give that same welcome. This Christmas, how will we respond to Jesus' call to come and how will we repeat this invitation to those who the call is still to go out to. The Christmas story is about an ongoing invite. We've been invited to come. We can put up excuses and reasons for not heeding to that invite, but it doesn't diminish the invite. A few weeks ago, Kevin uh, shared in his message, a gift becomes a reality only when it is received. So too with the invite. Jesus came into this world to be like us and relate to us so that we could know God the Father more. The invitation to come is all the more real because Jesus came as a child in a manger and he came to heal the sick, comfort the lonely, and he came to die for our sins so that we could have eternal life. The invite is the first of three steps in the Christian journey in our walk of faith. First, we come And then the second step is to become equipped for the journey. To read God's word. To hold it like a double-edged sword. To put on the full armor of God. And when we've done that, then we have the third step. And the third step is another instruction. It's to go. To give the great commission. To go out into the world and tell them that Jesus Christ is Lord. Let's pray. Lord, You have called each one of us, young and old, to come. Lord, we do that obediently now. Thank you for making yourself known to us. Lord, we know that that's not the end of the journey. It's In fact, it's just the beginning. And there are so many people out there, some who would oppose the truth, some who just simply do not know uh, the truth. And Lord, we need to be equipped. Give us your Holy Spirit the right words to say when we... Have people ask us questions about why we celebrate what we do at Christmas time? Give us the right words, which your spirit will then be able to sow as a a kindling flame in people's hearts. One that irritates, agitates, and doesn't disappear until they must come to you and call on you and search you. Lord, this, this year we don't just want to see good things happen. We want to see people come to know you. Lord, let us be instruments and let us heed that third part of the, the uh, journey to go and make you known. In Jesus' name, amen.